here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. episode of the Brit Wrestling Possibly 29th. Let's go 29. 29 sounds right. Um, I'm Robbery, making my triumphant return. Um, although triumph over what, I'm not quite sure. And I am joined by Arnold Furious. Hello. And, um, gracing us with her presence, um, special guest, Sarah Keneally. Hello. So yeah, we're going to be um, talking WXW's recent well, recent-ish at this point, uh, World Tag Team League uh, triple shot, or, well, I guess quad shot, maybe, if you're counting Femmes Fatale uh, in there as well, um, that took place at the turn of the month. Um, and so we thought, who better to have on than someone who has a little bit of the inside scoops um, and uh, also was there live, obviously, um, in Sarah. So thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Uh... Glad to be making my um, Brit Rest Round Table debut. We are happy awesome. to have you. Alan's dancing in front of me here. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Alan's attempting to derail the podcast, is what he's trying to do, <laughs> even though he's not on it. But when he was on it, he absolutely derailed uh, Rob's <laughs> run sheet, like in, in meteoric fashion. Like we had a run sheet beforehand, and we pretty much just threw it out the window. <laughs> Since there's a bunch to talk about, since uh, three packed shows, I guess we should probably get straight to it. Yeah, so um, the World Tag League, it was eight teams. Um, re- I thought a really good mix of um, the domestic, um, well, at least regular German roster that they're using, and um, obviously several fly-ins like Hero, uh, for example, and uh, Jack Evans, and Helico, or... Angelico, as he was always called um, on this show, which was the stark dis- uh, stark difference, easy for me to say, from uh, Lucha Underground. Um, what, what did you think about the uh, talent roster when it was announced? Because uh, compared to uh, the 16 Carat this year, which was probably maybe the most um, non-German uh, 16 Carat that's, that's ever been, uh, I thought they... They perhaps nailed the the ratio of imports to uh, regular guys a little better here in this one. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I, I'm not sure if either of you watched the Tag League last year, but there was, I think, double the amount of teams in it. Whereas this year they kind of went for more quality teams and it was great to see um, the likes of um, Ringkampf and A4 and um, Cerberus and all those guys still in the tournament while you had the other big names like the Death by Elbow and so on. Mustache Mountain, obviously. Being from the Midlands, I love myself a bit of Mustache Mountain. Yes, yeah, so they um well last year it was a it was a sixteen team knockout tournament, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I believe so it was sixteen teams. So this year they went uh, for the block format, which might be a first for WXW. The sixteen carrots never been block. They might have had some smaller tournaments. I probably should have checked that before um <laughs> before going on the podcast. But uh, it's Research. it's the first major to my knowledge block tournament they done. Uh, and I, I think they, they ended up doing it really well. Um, when, when they first announced it was going to be blocks um, with only eight teams, I, I was a bit cautious because, you know, obviously we've, we're kind of used to like G1s where you've got 10, 12 people in a block. There's a lot more room to manoeuvre there, whereas with um, with only four teams per block, there's only so much you can do with the point system. Um but I thought they, they really did a good job of it. Um, and I think that then rolling with the, instead of the usual pro wrestling, one point for a draw, two for a win, going for the, the footballing scoring system of three for a win, one for a draw, let them um, uh, let them be a little more inventive. And they only used one draw throughout the whole tournament, but it, it, it felt important. And um, it, it really worked, I thought. I think they overall the, the tournament was very well booked. Yeah, definitely. And I guess you have to remember that WXW um, lost their two biggest teams as well earlier in the year with the Sumerian Death Squad and the breakup of Hot and Spicy. Yeah. That, that yeah. was only like a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, uh, Hot and Spicy? Yeah. Same with uh, Sumerian Death Squad. It was only a couple of weeks before the tournament as well, so... It's a nice way to introduce a, a lot of um, sort of new, well, not so much new teams, but new teams to WXW to kind of freshen up that tag division. That's a good move. Yeah, so night one we had um, the night kicked off uh, with Ringkamp, uh, Timothy, Timothy Thatcher, and uh, Volta versus Mustache Mountain, uh, Tyler Bate, and Tread Seven. Um, it was originally supposed to be uh, Actual Dita Jr. Um, in Thatcher's place. Um, I think Dita Jr. got injured on a couple of weeks beforehand or something. Yeah, I believe so. He's uh, He was out injured, but he's due back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, he, he was around and he was somewhat physically involved in a segment or two. Um, so it's obviously not not too bad, which is good to hear. But um, you, you could see him a bit walking a bit tentatively in the background of some of the shots. Um when when the uh, the switch was was announced, I was I was pretty down on it because I'm not the biggest Thatcher fan. Um, well, to be honest, I don't like him at all. But um, this weekend was really the first time I went. And I, I, going in, I was like, oh, Thatcher, not looking forward to his matches. Would have really preferred Axel Dieter Jr. and Walter to have been the team. But I thought overall he did a um, he had a good good trio of performances here. Um, and this 
this was an enjoyable match, this um, Ring Camp versus Mustaf Martin opener. I, I kind of think they, uh, they kind of lent on their heat a bit too much for my liking. Um, it's kind of... Uh, I don't know if it's just because I've seen so many uh, tag matches over the years, but it's uh, anytime they kind of go straight into into the formula, which they kind of went in this one, it kind of, I don't know, just puts me off a little bit. It was, it was a very solid match, though. It's um, Tyler Bate got himself over huge there. Uh, do you know how old Tyler Bate is? 19? He's 19. Yeah, I think so, yeah. He's, he, I, asked, uh, I asked his mum. <laughs> she, she said he's, uh, he's 20 in, I think it's March. So it's, it's not even not even close. It's uh, <laughs> it's like, what, five months away? So he's like 19 and a half, which is obscene. I think he's a few days older than me, which is kind of upsetting. How, yeah. how good he is at a thing at my age, and then there's me. <laughs> yeah. well, his, his thighs are the, the, the same size as your entire body. Yes, if not bigger. If not bigger. They are huge. He must, he must do like a million squats a day. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's almost not fair how good he is. <laughs> like, and you know he's just going to get better. So, um, it's like he's playing a video game and he's used like a cheat code. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Drop like a tank in there. And... So, I I really like Ring Camp. Um, and I think it really emphasizes all three members' uh, strengths. Like, they really have an, like, an air of efficiency to their work that they really played up as a unit. Um, it's. Where, where often I find Thatcher too dry, I, I feel that as the group, it's just clicked for me um, the way it hasn't before. Uh, Sarah, are you, a, are you a Thatcher guy? Yeah, I, I really liked Timothy Thatcher, but um, I guess I've probably seen more of him in WXW than anywhere else. And as you said, you, you quite enjoyed him in WXW. Um, I like all three members of Ringkampf. Um, they're probably three of my favourites in WXW. So I was really happy when this all kind of came about and when Axel joined. And yeah, I, I really do enjoy the whole Ringkampf thing. I, I don't know about what happened later in night two or three, but um, I guess we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the Thatcher hate comes from the fact that like he's been a really bad champion in Evolve. Because um, like when I've seen him wrestle outside of Evolve, I've really liked him, and it's just literally in Evolve that he just has this aura of boredom about him. Which unfortunately is, at least at the moment, probably where he's most well known for. And when you think of Thatcher, that's what you're thinking of. So yeah, there, there's probably something to that because um, he he was considerably better here, I thought. Yeah, I thought everyone was everyone was solid in this opener. It's a good start. Good start to the show. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, next we've got a Group B match. Leaders went against A4. And uh, my biggest takeaway here was that Maris Al-Ani is really good. And yes. he's, he's definitely yes. one to keep an eye on. So when I saw him in this match, I was like, oh, damn, I, sh I definitely should have had him in the draft, <laughs> in the Euro draft. Definitely should have had Maris Al-Ani. I really hadn't seen anything from him, though. Not really. I think I've seen him once before this uh, this tournament. 
But uh, yeah, he really impressed me. I thought he was very. So I thought absolutely Andy was very good, um, and that they're kind of a good combination because he had the like the power of of Andy and the um, the, the the hybrid skill that uh, Al Andy's got with his his flying and he's very technically gifted. So they uh, they they did uh, good work on um, in all three of their matches. I thought, and uh, the leaders are the leaders. So you know that they were great all the time. I say it's probably my favourite tournament match from from night one. Um, I think I would give that to um the main event, but it it was definitely up there. Um, the what do you think? Well, I guess we'll we'll get to this this now. What do you think about the leaders in this tournament? Because for me, I was I was always felt like I was expecting a little bit more, and they kind of ended up. By the end of the tournament, there was a definite form formula to all the leaders' matches, and like you're playing it very much for comedy in the first half, and then you you slowly step it up. Um, they hit a high level. I really start getting into it, and then it just ends, and the ending felt a little abrupt in all four of their matches. Actually, for me, was was that just me, or did anyone else feel that? I wasn't getting that. I enjoy them, but I I had never seen them as a team before because I guess that was before I started watching all the Brit wrestling. So them as a team was new to me, and I quite quite enjoyed it. I also thought that um, Andy was really good, like a lot better than times I've seen him before previously. Um, and Marius uh, as well. Everyone was just raving all weekend about how good he was, and I don't think he was on anybody's radar before then, really. Yeah, I think you might be alone on the uh, on the leaders. Maybe. Andy's someone who I generally find he works to the level of his opponents quite a lot. Um, like if you if you're throwing him in there with with someone uh, who perhaps isn't that great in ring, he's not going to like carry them to a great match or anything. Um, but I generally find when he's in there with someone good, he will deliver his side of the bargain. Uh, next up, uh, we had Leah Vaughan versus Alexis Rose and. This this match just didn't click at all for me. Um, this this is this was a bad match. Yeah, um, which was disappointing because um, it was almost, I guess, in real time, kind of an advert for the um, the the Femmes Fatale tournament. That's, I think, was that night two. That was afternoon, wasn't it? The afternoon of day two. Yeah, yeah. lunchtime, lunchtime, sure. Um, and this this probably wasn't the best advert for it because Alexis Rose came off as very very green, and Leah didn't really do a whole lot with her. Um, there just wasn't much to this match, was it? Well, yeah, I mean, like Leah Vaughan isn't that experienced. I mean, she's not like a what you call a seasoned veteran. Um, and this is a an issue that we've got with uh, with women's wrestling now uh, having this this huge demand. Um, is that there's not a mass of talent out there, and it's going to take a while before uh, that gap is like um, uh, reduced, um, and it will it will get reduced because uh, you know the the girls are going to get the chance to work uh, more frequently in front of bigger crowds and against better talents. Uh, but this is an example of how it's not working just yet. Uh, I was saying to uh, Ollie last week that I felt that Ginny has improved massively over the last year, 
And if we kind of see that that kind of level of improvement from uh, the top uh, European ladies, then we're going to have a very good scene in like another year. But we, we don't at the moment, I'm afraid. Would that would that be fair? I I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't no, I wouldn't doing. disagree either. Um, the Femme Fatales was my first time seeing a lot of the ladies here wrestle, and um, obviously I thought Ginny was the star of the show, and um, I also really enjoyed the Alpha Female. It was my first time seeing her, and I thought she was really really good. I enjoyed her um, squash match. Yeah, that that um, that show was it's only like an hour long, but um, it was still pretty skippable. I thought. Yeah, uh, so after that we had the uh, the WXW uh, Shotgun Championship. So um, this was uh, Demac uh, defending uh, the belt that he won in uh, April um, against Pete Dunne. Uh, what was it like live? Um, was, was there a feeling that uh, that this was a big uh, the, the kind of shock title change that it, it kind of came across on, on tape? Yeah, it was complete shock. I was watching it up on the balcony with some of the um i guess the wrestlers and the wrestlers girlfriends and stuff and um like most people didn't know who pete dunn was or weren't very familiar with him i, I don't think he's he's actually wrestled in wxw for oh, it's got to be at least two years and, and he would have looked absolutely nothing like he does currently because he used to be like a, a skinny kid and he's put on a ton of weight over the last two years yeah um but yeah definitely it was a big shock when he won won the title i think everyone that i spoke to about on the ground on the ground later, Striga and his friends, they all, they really liked uh, Pete. Um, they, it was a lot of their first time seeing him as well. And they just thought he was really, really good in the match. And it, it was a massive shock. I, I wasn't expecting it all, at all for um, Pete to win because I didn't even know that he was coming back to WXW. So. I, well, I guess he is. <laughs> I guess he is. Well, he seems to be uh, racking up a lot of belts at the moment, sort of on the uh, on the Euro scene. I mean, he's uh, he's picked up. Um, I'm trying to think of the titles he's won recently. He won the, the belt in Fight Club Pro. Um, Got the Progress he, Tag. Progress Tag. Yes, he, he is starting to collect quite a lot of uh, titles. I think um, the current count is six. He, he's pro- he's currently on um, from six different promotions like, as well. Like two off an Ultimo Dragon. <laughs> Haskins isn't far behind either. Haskins has a load of belts. Uh, yeah, so belt collecting. And both guys from the Midlands, so I'm, I'm chuffed that uh, they're getting recognised all over the place at the moment because they're both really good. Uh, did they suggest like uh, who Pete Dunne might be working with going forwards or is this sort of like he's won it now we're just awaiting the challenges? Um. I think I might have seen um, that he's going to be facing Leo Rush when Leo Rush comes over for WXW. Um, he is a petulant child, Leo Rush is. Uh, yeah, he's really he's a really good wrestler, but uh, yes, recent events um, don't exactly endear himself. To, to <laughs> so every every five minutes he seems to be throwing his toys out of the pram. It's like just do you not realise what you've just kind of gotten yourself into here? You know, you just. On the, um, you know, breaking into Ring of Honor, getting a main event pretty much straight off the bat, and then you know, getting these these bookings all over the world, and and that's not enough. Yeah, yeah he um, Leo Rush faced Pete Dunne today actually for for the title. So by the time this goes up, that will have happened, I imagine. Um, I imagine he retained. I haven't seen any results, but uh, 
don't know anyone from Borken, personally. <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna... Gotta imagine that Mac is probably gonna get a rematch. And... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it um... seems like he's kind of going up to... Uh, kind of going up the card based on um, like the interaction that he had with um, I don't want to get his name wrong because he, he put us all over on Twitter Yakobi. <laughs> uh, yeah that's, uh, that's right is that, is that near <laughs> enough yeah um, uh, CMJ with the interaction, it's easier that way CMJ having, having interaction with like the big boss it's kind of suggests that they, they want him to be mixing it up with, with Rinkkampf uh, around the main event scene, so um, I, I'm not sure if he they that's that might be why they took the title off him here so that he can move on up. I don't know if you saw, but um, on one of their recent feature shows, he had a really really good match with Axel Dieter Jr. Uh, in what would have ended up being, I think, his last shotgun title defense, um, and that was. I'm not the biggest Mac fan in general, but I watched that match and was like, wow, that was really good. Uh, he's, he's definitely Maybe improving. they thought the same thing and went, "Wow, we need to be doing even more with this guy. Um, he's he's past the secondary title level." Okay, uh, let's get a move on here. Otherwise, we're going to be all night on the first night. <laughs> uh, Cerberus against uh, Death by Elbows next. With uh, you got Death by Elbow rec representing the American Indies. Uh, Cerberus coming in were the WXW tag tag team champions. Um, Technically, the belts are vacant, but basically, if if Cerberus won the tournament, they would still be champions. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, that that's yeah. correct. That's Last right. year, um, Prost decided to put the titles on the line for the tournament, and this year, I guess it was just automatic, or it was decided that they would be on the line for the championship or, or the tournament. Sorry. What do you guys I, think of Cerberus? I really like Dragonall. Um, I love him from everything, from his character, his in-ring work, his intensity that he brings. Nero doesn't do a lot for me, especially as singles, but every now and again I see a little bit from him where I go, yeah, he, he's so close to being good, and he just doesn't he put just it together bit, regularly enough. He looks a bit clumsy for me. And I don't think he's got enough... Um... Uh, weight and, or presence to um, kind of compensate for that, but um, uh, Dragonoff uh, is is really strong, really good uh, wrestler. I just I don't I can't see I, if like if they broke up as a, as a unit, I could see Dragonoff getting a a, a singles push. Uh, Dryscrew, if he's ever wrestling, is he when's he wrestling again? Is he? Oh, that could be a while. No, I don't think so. He was. No. Um... I was talking to him over the weekend, and he said he was going to start training in the performance place. Um, <clears throat> just just do a little bit and see how he went. So he was only just about to start training again. So yeah, so that might be, but uh, I could see Dreisker in singles, but Nero, I think he needs people to, to hold him up. He's got a good look. He's got that going for him. Yeah, that's, that's does, fair. Yeah. And there were matches here where I did enjoy him, but he was always behind Dragonov in that. Um, Dragonov's the clear driving force of the team, I'd say. Yeah, much like a hero is in uh, Death by Elbow. Uh, he played like uh, like a big brother routine um, 
during this tournament. I quite enjoyed him in it, uh, Hero. I thought JT Dunn uh, was, was really solid all, uh, all tournament long. Yeah, the one thing about Death by Elbow for me is it really does make Dunn look very inferior. Like, maybe inferior is not quite the right word, but he, he's constantly juxtaposed um, next to Hero Strikes, and it just makes JT Dunn strikes, which, when like looked at in a vacuum, are good. They just don't quite feel like they have the same impact when Hero's there, like doing doing every single one of his strikes just a bit better. Um, which is kind of the dynamic they have in kayfabe as well. Um, but it, it, I don't think it's necessarily the best place for JT Dunn to shine. Uh, I, I did enjoy their work as a team. I thought the uh, all the elbow uh, finishing, uh, like in this match, when the, I, I don't know how many elbows they hit Nero with, but it was a, it was a shitload, and I, I I felt that was a really good finish. Um, I can see what you mean about uh, JT being like a, an inferior, like almost midget version of, of, of Chris Hero, but I think he did uh, good enough work to stand out. It's very tough to live up to Hero. Like there, there are not an awful lot of uh, wrestlers that can. Yes, it's a, it's a stupidly high bar. Um, yeah, I think we can move on to um, uh, next match. Unless anyone else does anything to add. No. Nope. Nope? Okay. Nope. No, sorry. Next <laughs> um, match is uh, Bad Bones against Mike Bailey. That was the uh, number one. Uh, contenders back for uh, Jern Simmons' uh, WXW title uh, to be defended on night two. Um, this was a, a real sneaky good match, and I thought Mike Bailey had a very strong weekend. Um, I don't know if that's just because he has to, <laughs> because he's not allowed to work <laughs> in America for five years. But uh, yeah, he, he really worked extremely hard here, and uh, Bad Bones had a, a very good showing as well. Yeah, I just rewatched that match actually with Alan before I came on here, and it was it was really really good. I thought Bad Bones looked looked great great in it. Um, you know he's he's gone to TNA now, which was a big shock, I guess. Oh, has he? I've I've not been on I've I've been on Twitter for about two hours all week, so uh, I've kind of missed out a lot on a lot of news. But was was that like like a for a tournament or something or um he flew over the night after tag league and he was on their tv tapings the next day i guess the monday or the tuesday so the tv tapings directly after bound for glory oh okay yeah i, I completely forgot they had the tapings um because i thought the company was going to disappear yeah so did I. I i wasn't sure if it would still be around when we flew back back home or not um we were oh, good, good for him then good for bones He's he's done bits and bobs for them like every every now and again for like the last couple of years now. But um, I think he's probably quite a good fit for TNA to be honest. Um, they they like their their body guys and Bones has a great look. Um, TNA has almost become uh, what WWE was like what ten years seven years ago now, where they were really going for the you know six foot jacked look. Um, for everyone, um, and uh, everyone, everyone looks the same in that promotion. Yeah, Bad Bones will at least stand out. He's <laughs> he's got a hell of a look. And, yeah, he um, looked look great in this match. He's very well suited, I think, for for TV length matches. So 
all the best to him. All the best to him. Yeah, no, Mike Bailey uh, moves on to Ewan Simmons on, on night two. Um, there was a bit afterwards where he uh, he said that um, uh, that if he won the title, he'd give uh, uh, Bones like a, a shot anywhere in the world apart from the <laughs> USA. <laughs> oh, that made me chuckle. And Massive Yearn uh, referred to Bailey as an, another vanilla midget. <laughs> He loves his Kevin Nash, <laughs> idolizes the Nash. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that match uh, when we get around to night two, but uh, that that was surprisingly good. Uh, main event uh, on night one. I'm not even going to attempt the, the the tag team name, but Angelico and uh, Jack Evans uh, against Shane Strickland and David Starr. Uh, you thought this was the best match on the night, Rob? Yeah. Um... I really enjoyed it. I thought the all four guys really had great chemistry together, and I didn't realize how short it was watching it. It was only when I like looked looked at the time afterwards on Cage Match and saw that it was like nine minutes long. It for me, it didn't feel like that. It felt like a, a very satisfying main event. Definitely, um, it was a spot fest, but in a good way, and it was a great way to close out the night. I thought. Um, I didn't like it as much as you which is a really weird thing to say because like i tend to overrate things compared to you underrating but um i don't know it just it, it didn't really resemble a match to me it was just eight minutes of wacky shit it was fun to watch but it was that was it for me so uh, i know a lot of other people really liked it but um i don't know it just it felt like a lot of spots to kind of um pop the crowd at the end of the night and yeah, I didn't dig it as much as you did, which is weird. No, I'm I'm with you, Aaron. I, it was okay. I was really tired at the time because we got up at four a.m. to fly, and I was just kind of done with the evening. And I haven't I haven't rewatched it yet. Well, at least it was quick. <laughs> it was it was quick. It was quick. Um, I do need to rewatch it, but I I would definitely have uh, the leaders against A4 ahead of it on the night, uh, and Bad Bones versus Bailey as well. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Sorry, As... Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was night one anyway. Um, it, solid night. Uh, nothing really blow away or spectacular. Just a, a good introduction to all the teams. Uh, good start to the uh, the weekend. It set the table well for the tournament, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so moving on to night two. And night two uh, kicked off with... Um, a4 against Cerberus. Uh, both the teams lost their first match, so whoever lost here was done. Um, how did you like this one, uh, Sarah? Can you remember it? I, I can't remember it. I'm not very sure. <laughs> I kind of sensed that immediately. Um, well, I loved oh, it. So, uh, <laughs> this this might have actually been my favourite match of the whole tournament. Oh, no. Um, oh, really? Okay. Which, um, <laughs> which uh, maybe isn't... Uh, I said it probably isn't um, a mutual feeling between me and Sarah, given <laughs> she uh, she has no recollection of it. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily looking at this match and expecting a whole lot going in. But I thought these four guys all worked really, really well together um, and really 
this was like this is a big spot for all four guys on a, in a time when a lot of eyes are on WXW more so than usual, maybe attracted by all the imports. Um, these are four regular members of the roster, and I thought they really nailed this. They they did very much go for the traditional tag structure that um, Arnu expressed some, um, I guess, get discontent about um, from night one. But um, for me, this this felt a little like um, some of the matches the revival have been having over in NXT, when they've been taking the traditional tag structure with your your, your initial shine, then your then your heat, and then obviously yeah. you several false hot tags, and then when you eventually make it a hot finishing stretch. Um, that was the structure of this one, but I thought they did enough well, I think, um, um, interesting well, things to to keep me engaged throughout, and I loved it. I think there's a secondary story with that because um, whereas I, I always with, with A four, it's like they're two good individuals, but they don't really feel like a team. Whereas Cerberus, they they operated as as a unit in this one, and even though they they had uh, Adam Pollack got uh, like booted from ringside for for interfering, and uh, Dirty Dragon was also kicked out, but they still won because they were the better team. And that was the story that they told here. And it wasn't really until night three where A4 were like, well, we have to win now to, to prove that we're not total losers here. Um, that was their story over the three matches. And I thought that played out well. And Cerberus had to stay alive here. So, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was a, a fine opener. I, like, once again, I don't think I liked it as much as you did, Rob. I can't get used to saying that. That's, that's totally weird. Um. The second match uh, on the show was uh, Pete Dunne's first defense of the WXW Shotgun Championship against uh, young Francis Caspin. I'd never seen Caspin before. So this is my first time watching him. Uh, he's only been uh, wrestling for, what, a year? Um, I'd say training, yeah, just Like, a year like his two, first maybe. match was probably a year ago. Yeah. Um, but... Although the stuff that he's doing at the moment is, is kind of basic, he's so fluid that I, I find it hard to believe that he's only been wrestling for, for a year. Um, so I was I was very impressed with him. Um, have you seen much more of him than this, Sarah? More than one match? Or? No, um, we've kind of... Uh, I was kind of looking forward to seeing Francis wrestle. Um, he collected us at the airport there about a year ago and he was telling us he was training to be a wrestler. But he wasn't going to be around for the 16 carat because he was going on holidays. And then we saw him again and he was helping out, just one of the trainees helping out at the shows. And he always just seems like such a nice nice guy. And then I heard he was wrestling, so I was looking forward to seeing him. And he came out to um, Diana Ross, I'm coming out, and the crowd <laughs> went crazy for him. And everyone was just really, everyone upstairs was so happy. And they thought he did really well and everyone's really excited about Francis. They think he... He's, he's, a def he's a definite prospect. Yeah, he's a big prospect for WXW at the moment. Everyone was talking about how good he did in this match, and they're all really happy with him. Uh, I reckon this was his first match on a big show, rather than some of the, the smaller, um, I guess, tour shows and stuff like that. This was his first big match. Yeah, I, I'd echo your guys' thoughts. I thought he did really well. Fluid is a, a very good good way to describe how, how, he, how he was here. Um, which is something you don't see a lot in people, you know, so inexperienced. Um, is is definitely a good sign. Uh, and I really feel Pete Dunne's almost the perfect guy 
to um, throw in there with these younger guys, especially if they have a little bit of high-flying tendencies, because um, he's such a great base, and he's he even when he's beating them fairly conclusively, like he did here, he's always he always seems to make his opponent really look better after the match than they did at the beginning, uh, and this was another example of that. Yeah, solid match. Both guys did good work. Um, uh, Pitt retained with the uh, drop dead. Um, there was uh, a bit just before that where Caspin uh, uh, tried to do a springboard. It was one of his uh, flashier moves that he attempted in the match. And Pete just smashed him across the <laughs> jaw on the way down. And it was a case of like, well, that's what happens when you try and show off. Welcome to the big leagues. It was it was a nice little story they had going on, and yeah, Pete Dunn um, made sure that he he looked good, and um, they both did good work. So good match. Uh, after that one, uh, we had Mustache Mountain against Los Guras del Cielo. <laughs> That's as Sky close blondes. as I'm going to get. Go with Sky Blondes. That was terrible. Um, so the Lucha Boys won on night one. Mustache Mountain lost, so they had to win here. Um, I thought this is a really good combination of styles. That um, like, where else in in the world can you see uh, like Lucha clashing with the uh, like the strong style that you get from uh, from the Midlands? Nowhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get the silence answers your question. Um, I haven't, haven't seen it anywhere. No. Um, although, El, every, every time El Ligero wrestles in the Midlands, I guess. He's from Leeds, Rob. <gasps> Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> I'm seeing El Ligero tomorrow night in Wexford. He, he wrestles everywhere, doesn't he? Yeah, he's everywhere. I think he's he said he's on course for something like 320 matches this year, which is <laughs> stupid. Ridiculous. A stupid amount. How can you do that many? There, um, there are guys in the WWE who are on the, like every one of their tours that don't wrestle 320 times a year. They're hitting like 200 or like I think Dean Ambrose wrestled the most for WWE last year, and I think he hit like 220. Ligero's <laughs> eclipsing him by about 100 there. That's, and that's like, ridiculous. It's not like Ligero is wrestling this real soft style where he's taking no bumps. <laughs> like, obviously, he, he does. I guess you could, you know, if you're being ultra cynical, he pads it a little with the, the holiday camp shows where he's maybe not um killing himself on but if you if you watch any of his like progress matches or, or basically any of his matches that aren't holiday camp matches he's he's dying in the ring um ha, i'm sure there's more than one of them there and, must and it, be it's not like he's just been doing this for a couple of years he's been wrestling like this for, for like 10 years probably longer than 10 years it's a ridiculous state of affairs was he on this show somewhere <laughs> No. <laughs> well, Are we sure? No one knows what he looks like under the mask. So. <laughs> it would take him too long to get to Germany and back. He could have three shows done in the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> be... uh, I do know what he looks like. I've actually seen him a mask. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He never takes the mask off. I have no idea what you're talking about. Does I've seen him. No, it wasn't him. Um, yes, back to the... <laughs> Back to the matches. Uh, so the, that Mustache Mountain uh, Angelico 
uh, Jack Evans match. I loved that match. That was so much fun. The um, that there was dancing and fighting, and Jack Evans was a cocky little shit. It's just a delightful piece of, uh, of professional wrestling. I I think a pattern is emerging here in that whatever match you really like just doesn't quite click with me, and whichever <laughs> match opposite. I really like doesn't quite click with you. Because I, I did enjoy this match. I thought it was good. Um, if I was being ultra picky, I'd say I, I really hated that they no-sold no a pile driver and then had a pile driver as the finish. Um, but yeah, it was it was good, but um, I, again, I just don't... It just didn't click with me like it, it seems to have clicked with you. Um, I wonder if that, will, that pattern will hold throughout uh, the rest of the tournament. Uh, I think it probably will in the next match because I've seen your review of it. <laughs> I can't even. Did you get this? Uh, so the next match is uh, Death by Elbow against the Leaders of the New School, and I'm pretty sure you gave this what three stars? Three and, three, and three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. No <laughs> way. Fuck's sake, Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the thirty minute draw. Yeah. Where, where they... I don't like long hero tag matches. <laughs> it's the only type of hero match I don't like. <laughs> he does quite a few of them. At the tail end of this uh, of my review of this match that you can read on four one one, I said it was possibly the best match in Europe this year. So I, that's quite a. I don't understand. Between... Like, are we watching the same match? Because I don't. The crowd were chanting "Match of the Year" afterwards. <laughs> fifty crowds will chant that 50, 50 times a year on various matches. It was... I don't think i've seen a better tag match in the last i don't know five years <laughs> you see i had it behind one two three and a quarter stars rob what I, is wrong i, with I had it as the number four tag match on the show <laughs> so yeah we're, we're a little bit apart there i i enjoyed the i really enjoyed like the middle 10 minutes but the last 10 minutes just felt a little move spammy for me and it got a bit sloppy, which, you know, isn't too bad in the 30 minute because you're trying to sell the exhaustion. Um, so I won't hold that against them too much. But uh, the first 10 minutes... I'd, I'd hate to see it drop down me. to th below three stars. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> That'd just um, be criminal. It, it, again, it just didn't click with me, um, which apparently was because it clicked with you and we have some <laughs> sort of psychic link. Oh dear. Um, um, well, let me let me tell you why I like this match. It's because you know what I was saying about like Chris Hero and his uh, playing like the older brother uh, routine with with JT Dunn. In this match, it was really intensified because JT Dunn every time he was getting in there was getting outclassed, and sometimes Hero was taking on like both Zach and Marty at the same time, and then it got to the point where the leaders were like, "Well, we're just going to double team you instead," and they and. <laughs> They they effectively worked over Hero. Nobody can do that. They they made it look realistic. They're both a lot smaller than him, but it, it was a realistic match with with Hero getting beaten up. Which um, I, one of the criticisms I've had of, of the Skull Hero matches, which I thought were really good, were that I didn't find it realistic that Skull could could take Hero apart by himself. But as a tag team, the leaders did it. I just, I, I don't know. It's three and a quarter, man. <laughs> I mean, you say that story and it sounds like something I'd really like, 
And I, I kind of saw bits of that when watching, but uh, it just... At no point did they ever hook me, and in a 30-minute match, that needs to happen. I mean, I think it needs to happen early, and I guess it, it, it may be that I've got a slight malaise for leaders' tag matches in that they're, you know, their did, first... Did, did first... you not love when, uh, like... Skull was like pushing Saber to cheat and going cheat, cheat. and then when he catches like the the cheating and like the the referee's blaming Zach for it, the the look of uh, sheer incredulity on his face, <laughs> like what what do you mean I'm cheating? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a match that when I watched it, I I went, some people are really gonna love that match. And I could just tell, even though I didn't like it, that it was a match that was going to be loved. But obviously from the crowd reaction as well. Um, but Yeah, it, I think it, you're on an island with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if... Rob's three and a quarter star island. <laughs> in, in not loving um, long hero tag matches. There's a few of us on that island. Um, but but it, it's not it's not the majority of people, and I think I even put that in my my review. I said I didn't love it, but chances are you probably will. <laughs> All words to that effect. Okay, so that that's the big row. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, just oh. after that match, there was a bit of a break, and uh, Carsten Beck um, came out to um, talk about. Uh, where where he's at and um you can see that he's got like a scar uh from where he's had surgery um uh, i i hope he's all right I, I assume that he's coming back because otherwise why would they run an angle with um with ring camp and with uh i'm gonna try not to screw his name up christian Mik mikhail Jacobi. there we go yeah, yeah. He put us all over on Twitter, like all all three of us. So um, I, I've got to be nice to him. Uh, yeah, they had him come out and kind of uh, bury Carson and call him a, like a what do you call him a failure or something? I, I can't remember. His biggest disappointment. Disappointment. Yeah. There we go. I'm not. I don't know either way, genuinely, but I don't think he is going to be wrestling again. It seems odd to run an angle, and if yeah. uh... I mean it. This was like the the full on turn um, for CMJ, um, the WXW one of the owners anyway, the the on on screen owner um, as well. Um, he he for the longest time he's been like you know a passive authority figure, occasionally in the background. Um, recently on Shotgun, he, he's kind of been there. There was teasers of him um, aligning with Ring Camp. He came out here um, and from my the little German I know, um, which is just enough to be able to just about follow um, these talking segments. Um, he seemed to come out, um, be fairly, yeah, you know, start praising Carsten and, you know, come out as his usual face self and then slowly has got more, more and more smarmy. And then, you know, it, it, for, for those not familiar, um, Carsten's uh, I think he had a brain tumor. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who's come back from that? So I guess the, the, the thinking was, even if Beck's not going to be there, what easier way to, um, to to turn heel than to to be a dick to someone who's just recovered from um, a brain a brain tumor and what such a major surgery? Um, 
and and to be fair to them, it worked. Um, they, this on the the following night, they they did they then did kind of set up some um, some foils for um, Jacoby and Rinkamp, who eventually came out and um, chased off uh, Carsten after um, Carsten had pushed. Jacobi to the floor after he uh, called him a disappointment, biggest disappointment in German wrestling. Um, I think was was the quote. Um, was it subtitled on the VOD? Um, I I watched the VOD uh, when it's but before the English one dropped because the the German one dropped a bit earlier. But I don't think it was. No. Um, okay. Uh, no, it wasn't. Wasn't okay. on the German. Well, it wasn't on the German one anyway. Right, right. Um, I think I actually I did think I think I did go back and and check when the English one did drop. I don't think it was subtitled, no. But um, you you could tell what uh, what was could, going yeah. on. Yeah, I just asked Strigger anyway. He translated <laughs> <laughs> for me. I I actually used uh, Strigger's tweets um, from the night to kind of discern what was happening. Because he he'd actually like live tweeted the the show while he was there and. I just kind of flicked through him and looked at uh, <laughs> <laughs> looked at what he was saying. So he's a good man. He's a resource. <laughs> uh, where's again? The angle. Um, I don't know. Do we need another heel owner in wrestling? Is... Uh, that that is the one issue here is that I I don't like heel authority figures because. Uh, WWE is just beating the idea over the head uh, for the yeah. last 17 years. <laughs> it's almost non-stop. It was well so done, tired. but yeah, like the, the immediate reaction to any sort of heel authority figure, even if it's done well, is uh, another Do we one. Need another one. Like, yeah. the, same, the same thing happened with Lucha Underground, and Dario Cueto is like He's an, he's amazing at, at what he does, but he is another heel authority figure. Um, so that got the same reaction. Um, but I I did like um, the way it really made Ring Camp and really established them uh, not only as as heels but uh, as like a, a major deal in the promotion. Not that they weren't already positioned high in the card, but this this really felt like it gave them a level of purpose. Uh, and as long as Ring Camp stay like the um, the focus of the storyline with like uh, CMJ as a side character, you know, supporting them rather than it being about the the authority figure itself. I don't have too much of a problem with it, but um, yeah, there there's such a malaise I think with with most wrestling fans over any heel authority figure because we, as you said, we just have seen it so so much um, ever since. Um, I guess. Vince McMahon and Austin, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like every, as soon as that worked and it was a huge success, everyone copied it. There used to be uh, uh, British wrestling promotions that had like a heel authority figure, and I just like, why? Just stop copying television. <laughs> just just <laughs> stop it. There was a uh, one in the Midlands, and I'm trying to get the guy's name is Danny something. And he was he was a heel authority figure in a company that ran in front of like fifty people. Yeah, we've uh, got one of those here as well. It's not OTT, it's uh, CCW, and I believe they have a heel authority 
figure and faction called the Establishment, which is <laughs> quite awful, but yeah. <laughs> uh, just just give it a rest, everyone. If if you if you have a promotion and you're listening, please don't book yourself as an authority. <laughs> if Andy Quilden turns himself heel, I, I'm uh, done with RevPro. <laughs> that's, that's all there is to it. I don't care who they book. If he if he turns himself heel, I'm not at it. Um. Anyway, moving on. Uh, next match after this was uh Bad Bones against uh Dirty Dragon. Uh, this was because uh was he supposed to be dealing drugs or something? <laughs> I, I... Dragon is um Adam Polak's dealer, which is how he got the spot in Cerberus in in storyline in storyline of course. Um, uh, don't need to be throwing out any alleged leads there. Um, yeah, this was basically a squash, which is kind of what it needed to be, because Dragon isn't really very good. He also wore a bum bag to the to the ring, so he deserved the beating. That's almost a, a larger fashion faux pas than uh, TK Cooper wearing dungarees in Brixton. It's close, but I think it might be worse. Unless he was cosplaying um, uh, Dwayne Johnson from like 20 years ago. And even then he did a pretty bad job of it. So yeah, that was it. That was a, that was a squash. Yeah, that's it. I don't even remember that match happening. I'm... It was quite short. <laughs> was <a> <laughs> the only um, offense Dragon got in was like Bad Bones running and him stepping out the way and he'd like go into a post. And that happened a couple of times. And then he eventually got caught. Bad bones hit a few moves, hit the the uh, crucifix power bomb into the corner, and then that was it. I think he tapped him out to the to the rebel lock. Yeah, yeah, that was the finish. It was it was what well, it probably wasn't even five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, next match was uh, Rinkamp against JML. Uh, that being Shane Strickland and David Starr. Uh, JML actually lost their the first match, so they, they had to win here. Um, I'm just going to throw this out here, Rob. I thought this was a really good match. <laughs> As did I. Rob. Dun, dun. Rob. What did you think, Rob? I really liked it. Hey! Yay! <laughs> Main event, last match of night two. We're finally <laughs> in bigger things than one. Um, yeah, I, I thought Ring Camp did a really good job like building on on the foundations they'd laid uh in the opener of the tournament um it, they had such a great dynamic between the the ruthless efficiency of ring camp and jml's flashiness and exuberance jml played the perfect foil uh no, sorry ring camp played the perfect foils for jml and yeah this match just really clicked uh and i loved it and i thought thatcher was really good and i have not said that yeah. in Years and since he maybe the first music match I saw him have. <laughs> Arn is shocked into silence. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at my notes and going like, "Well, yeah, I just I, I I really liked it." Could never understand all the Thatcher hate from all the Brits on Twitter, the Dans and Rob and lots of other people. I just, the Dans don't like him. They think he's a Tory. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, there we go. We, I think we should move on because we all agreed on something. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not curse them. Yeah. Um, 
the main event for this show was the WXW Unified uh, World Championship match, uh, pitting champion Jörn Simmons against Mike Bailey. Um, I was not expecting very much here because normally uh, Massive Jörn likes to come out and just kind of stall for 10 minutes and then maybe wrestle for 10 while stalling. And that did not happen here in the slightest. Um I, I kind of got razzed by Yearn on, on Twitter because uh, I said that um, like he, he'd basically been underperforming for, for years and years and years and this was like way better than anything he'd ever done. And he just said that he'd been killing it all year and I wasn't paying attention. So uh, <laughs> Sounds like Yearn. <laughs> yeah, well, this is true. But um, yeah, this this was a phenomenally good match for, for the standards that that Yearn has set himself. It just, I, I got the feeling he wanted to have a good match to prove that he was better than people were saying he was. I, I think throwing that moonsault in there is the, the 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 main like exclamation mark on on the match. It was just like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do everything that uh, all all your your favorite guys can do. I just choose not to. <laughs> yeah i was i was watching this match and i haven't seen any reaction to it um i think it's before a lot of people got a chance to see it on the the vod uh and i i for whatever reason i'd have managed to avoid the the live reaction to it um and i started watching it going uh i like bailey but i'm not expectations are low because as you said simmons is usually very good at having bad matches um <laughs> Which is Unless you really skill. like the Memphis stalltastic yes. uh, business. You um, guys haven't even seen his entrance, which is normally about 10 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy who holds up a, an iPad with the with a counter on it, and I think it went over 10 minutes, and it's just him posing and flexing, and it's all cut out in the VOD, but it's it's painful live. Yeah. He, <laughs> um, it really sets up the tone of the match. Uh, earlier this year, he, he had what might be my least favourite match I've seen this year against Jeff Jarrett uh, at, I think it was Superstars of Wrestling. Um, I, I was about to say, oddly enough, uh, the least favourite match I've seen all year was also had Jeff Jarrett in it, but it was against Noam Dar. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so maybe it was Jarrett. Maybe, maybe. although Jern it hasn't just been the Jarrett match that hasn't delivered. Um but yeah watching this match expectations were low so I, I don't know kind of ha- almost half paying attention to it because you know I was kind of expecting to just it to be stalling and then I was like oh this this isn't actually that bad. I'm quite enjoying that this a few minutes in. And then he like hits the moonsault, and I'm like, "Whoa! This this match is really good. What's who's taken Jern Simmons and who's replaced him? Because I love him." Um, <laughs> and um, by the end, I was I was all in on it. I mean, this wasn't a perfect match by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it was so it good. It was so much better than I was expecting. And like, if you're being hypercritical, yes, maybe it did go a little bit long. Um, maybe it dragged a tiny little bit towards the end, but Considering my my expectations were on the floor, I really enjoyed this match and thought it was a a very good main event for for the show. Um, I I was blown away. Um, more more Simmons matches like this, please. Um, 
Of course, now you realise he's just going to store for like yeah. twenty minutes yeah. in every match. Yeah, just to yeah. just to prove a point. Well, the one hope, the one hope I had was that after having this good match, it almost felt like the crowd itself almost just decided he turned face because like. Oh, he's wrestled a good match. <laughs> Everyone wakes up and like starts paying attention. Um, he, he and, did then, actually, and then he, he did shook do the handshake, didn't he? Hand. Yeah. yeah, he did the handshake. So, so there's hope there. We could be seeing more of this Simmons. Which no, I don't want to babyface Jern Simmons. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily want babyface Jern Simmons, but I want, I want hardworking Jern Simmons. Which oh is yeah, what this course, was and. It was. He was really, really good. It was. It was a different, different year. And I guess he only had the one match for the weekend as well. So he he really went all out. Yeah. And I'm a big uh, Drew Galloway fan, and it was meant to be Yearn against Drew originally, but I just think the, I don't think Drew would have got as good a match out of him as Bailey did. No, the the dynamic worked really well. Of like, it wasn't even necessarily that Bailey was a smaller guy who could throw Simmons around, which would probably have been the obvious story. It was more Bailey. Uh, Simmons took Bailey lightly, got kicked to kicked to hell, and then Simmons went, "I have to kind of go outside my wheelhouse now because this guy hits a lot harder than I was expecting." And then you see him, you know, um, as we've mentioned several times, that moonsault it was beautiful, <laughs> like. I, I just I almost I think I jumped out of my chair when I saw it. I was like, because you were just not expecting it. It's so it's so counter to everything we've seen Simmons do for for at least the last year, if not ever. He said he was going to do a moonsault. He called he, his he shot. It. He called his yeah. shot. But uh, <laughs> I was still not he expecting. Tweeted it, it out the day before, and like everybody's like, "Yeah, you will," and then he did it. And, yeah, it was really uh... good. <laughs> I, I think this is possibly um, Alan at his most excitable on commentary as well as uh, <laughs> I'd see you and Simmons do a moonsault. And, and we all looked really, really stupid, by the way, because we did the Euro draft. We even mentioned Jern Simmons and said, no, he's completely worthless. <laughs> and then he comes out and has this match. It's almost like um, we've spurred people on to do better by not drafting them. <laughs> We, that's what it let's feels take like. credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely us. You missed some good people in that draft. We did. I uh, to yeah, you and Simmons for starters. <laughs> Marius. Marius Alani. There's a lot of bad bones. There's a lot of good people. Like, I think when we we first set the numbers, we went, "Ooh, is that too many? Are we gonna get to the end and go, oh, there's no one good left?'" No, the the Euro scene really is deep, um, and that we missed some quality people and still put together what what I think were four really good rosters is just really indicative of how strong that scene is at the moment. I don't know if you saw uh, Alan Boone kind of did his own little um, uh, draft based on people we'd left on the table, and he came up with like a pretty good. Uh, <laughs> A roster of people that we that we hadn't selected, and it was just like, well, the the, the depth of the scene is is startling, really, oh. especially compared to like e- even three years ago, there wasn't anywhere near this kind of depth of, of quality. I remember talking; yeah, it would have probably been about a year ago now. About I think it was when Progress and ICW started yeah. actively running like against each well not actively running against each other but it just so happened same weekends from yeah. that point both of them had up their schedule to a level where you could you couldn't work both regularly 
Um, and we were a little worried. We thought it would probably be okay. Um, looking at it now, I'm like, that's such a non-factor. There's there's way too many people to, to fit all on one show. You'd be leaving way too many people out um, every weekend. Um, the, the scene's just gone from strength to strength across all of Europe, really. Um, you're seeing guys like Fabian Aikner, um, who from yeah. Cru- Cruiserweight Classic fame, um, just pop good. up out of nowhere and go, wow, he's good. Uh, now he's getting progress bookings and... Europe as a whole is just pumping out great wrestler after great wrestler. So it's a great time to be a, a European wrestling fan. Uh, one, one final word on uh, night two before we move on to the final night. Uh, I thought this was uh, a contender for the, for the best show of the year. Um, certainly in Europe, maybe anywhere in, in the world. I thought it was a very, very strong card. It was definitely my favourite um, night of the tournament. Um, I, th- I thought there wasn't a single match that I didn't think was, apart from maybe the Bad Bones um, Dirty Dragon match, but I thought that was fine for what it was. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah it was a, basically a squash. Every other match I thought, yeah, really enjoyed that, which is what you want from like a, a top-level show. I'm not sure I'd quite have it as like show of the year contender level. Um, maybe it, Probably because I didn't quite like the, the leaders. I, I think it's because of that, that 30 minute draw, 30, yeah. It's, it's, like, for me. I think everyone else rated that a lot higher. For me, it was maybe lacking that one really, really great match to put it over the top. Although the opener for me was close. Um, but it sounds to me like you guys had the, the, the draw as that, you know, defining match on the card. Um, but yeah, it was a really strong show. Um, like, if you, for whatever reason, if you are only picking one night of the, the three to watch, um, this would be it. Um, a standalone. Of course, that makes no sense. But <laughs> uh, yeah. if you were only going to pick one, then two would be the one. You, you know what I mean. You know. What yeah. I mean. Um, they have put up the the main event as well on their YouTube, and it's on their Facebook. I got an alert there earlier today, so the whole main event is up for free to watch on their YouTube channel. If anyone wants to watch it. You too can be shocked by Jörn Simmons <laughs> having a good match. Oh. Um, long Stunned. may it continue. Um, so, uh, we're going to move on to night three. Night three. Night three, the final night, uh, which kicked off with uh, A4 against Death by Elbow. Uh, Death by Elbow coming in with four points because of the win and the 30-minute draw. But uh, A4, zero points were already eliminated from the tournament. They were playing spoilers here. And I think this might have been the best match they had, uh, A4, of, of the three matches. I obviously preferred the um, the Night 2 match, um, as I've already raved about. But uh, yeah, this yeah. was another good, ma- uh, another strong show for them. Um, and maybe this match, more than any, was really felt like a showcase of Alani. I mean that's kind of what their their whole um, the that team's whole tournament was, but this match especially really felt like um, it felt like Andy actively went right. I'm going to cancel out Hero, um, two big boys going at it. Um, yeah. Alani, you're left with Dunn. Yeah, you just have him. to be better than JT Dunn. And that's that's all you need to do. And he nailed that. And like I th- I think it was this match where like he just catapulted himself over the, the, the turnbuckle and I was just left going, wow, 
Wow, because like you, 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 you almost expect that from like the ricochets nowadays. But Alani, he, you know, su- such a jack guy. You don't necessarily expect that from him. But I, it, he, this was a great performance by him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the all, all four guys I thought did really well in this match. Uh, obviously, Hero had a good weekend, but. Um, Absolute Andy had a good weekend. Maria Salani had uh, one of those weekends where he goes from not being well-known to being on a lot of people's radar. And JT Dunn was really good. Can't say any more. Yeah, like, um, from seeing people react to, to the World Tag Team League on, on Twitter, um, one of the, the main takeaways was, wow, I really hope Alani's in the, the 16 carat next year. Which, like, job done. If the aim was of A4 was to get Alani over, it job done, because he, yeah. he's a made man almost after that that tournament. And they only even had to give him one win. As, as a spoiler on the last day. This was a really good start to the to the show, because the, the, there was a sense that even though for the one team it, the, the tournament was over, they, they both teams came in fighting hard and, uh, and, and going, you know, balls out. To, to start a show like that, you you really just have to kind of ride that wave after that. Uh, second match was uh, Ringkampf against uh, Angelica and Jack Evans. I'm not attempting the name again because I made a mess of it. Skyblondes. Just go with Skyblondes. <laughs> um, my favourite part of this match uh, was Big Daddy uh, Volta. Sorry, it's not Big Daddy Volta. It was Volta. Um, just destroying Jack Evans, just throwing him around and manhandling him in just savage fashion. It was brutal. It's just like a it's like a, like a bear that's caught a fish. <laughs> Got a salmon flipping its way upstream and just kind of grabbed it in his jaws and destroyed it. Yeah. Um this they kind of have the a similar dynamic to that that uh, JML and Ring Camp had. Um, I don't think it quite delivered to the same level. Um, it this was quite sloppy. Um, this match in general, but it was it was still fun, even if it wasn't the the most cleanly executed of matches. I guess um, so. there was a dance off with. Oh, a dance off! Oh, what was the music that was playing? Uptown Funk. It's oh, was it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I have the recording actually on my phone, but I'm not sure if I should upload it or not. It was it was it was quite fun live. The I don't know. I'm kind of done with uptown funk and wrestling now. It, it's, it's a little over. <laughs> it's getting towards heel authority figure <laughs> level. <laughs> well, I don't feel like it's that overused because every time they've used it in WXW, I couldn't hear it. <laughs> Did they play the the song? That yeah, they, they the played the, the thing. The same one. The, yeah. yeah, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's a there's a, there's a version of it that's never ending that plays on on YouTube. It's about three days long. Uh, it was, someone posted it, and I I kind of clicked the link, and I was just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so if you're missing the music and you don't want to rewatch the show, you can just <laughs> listen to the music for a day. Have you heard Ian's version of him singing the song? I haven't actually. Yeah. Has he uploaded that or? Yeah, it's on his. It's on his Facebook. It's Ian singing the song. 
which has no words. It's quite good. <laughs> he, he is good at things like that. Yeah. He has a, it's a skill. Um, right, so uh, after that we had uh, Christian Mikhail Jacobi uh, coming out and um, uh, doubling down on uh, his heel antics. Uh, in particular here, he, he was uh, critical of other German promotions. Uh, suggesting that they weren't good enough and that he was basically uh, single-handedly saving uh, the German graps, uh, which brought out uh, Demac to kind of say that there are people that doesn't like you and uh, I'm representing them and blah, 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 blah. And then uh, so they were kind of saying like he's up against Ring, Ring Kampf. And was that after, was it later in the show? It was later in the show they brought the, the other guys out, wasn't it? Yeah, after uh, the match match. Yes, yes it is. So I was just scrolling down the, the thing. Um, yeah, so just, just a reminder of what uh, uh, Jacoby had said on, on night two and uh, putting Damak into that uh, picture as, uh, I would say, one, one of the lead baby faces because... You don't really have an awful lot of them that are uh, WXW uh, regular uh, roster members that you'd say were, were main eventers now. I think pretty much everyone else is heel. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, with Tommy gone now, he would have been one of the top baby faces in the mm-hmm. company. They were represented by A4 and Rotation, I think. Yeah, when when rotation's it's your not that strong. Rotation, <laughs> your number four baby face in the the company. That's uh, <laughs> maybe not ideal, but uh... you leave rotation alone. Yeah. He was very injured. <laughs> I I was very mean to him a couple of months ago. He's he's not that bad. He just looks like he well, would be really. That's the bad. thing is, I I I said that he's not that bad. He just has a terrible look. Yeah, a terrible look <laughs> and, and a, a terrible, terrible name. name. <laughs> but that's not being mean to like his work. I think his work's good. But he's quite good. He he has the worst look though. He was very injured and he couldn't wrestle at tag league, and he was very sick of carrot and he couldn't wrestle a carrot. So he just seems to have the worst look when it comes to the big weekends. I'm sure his chance will Sadly. come. Yeah, he's still really young and stuff, and he does a lot of the the tours and the, you see him a lot of you watch shotgun every week. So. Hopefully, there's still some hope for the rotation. <laughs> Could you just change his name to? Well, his name is else? Axel, so that's like the well, third Axel in the company. I know we 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 made that point <laughs> as well that he couldn't use his real name because there are too many Axels. Um. So, uh, next match on the card. <laughs> Sorry. What's that? Uh, don't worry. Go on. Yeah, next match on the card. This is another one that I like, so I'm, I'm anticipating Rob's uh, reaction. It's uh, Mustache Mountain against uh, JML. Uh, because Ring Camp won, uh, that allows uh, JML to top the uh, the group by winning here. But uh, if Mustache Mountain won, it merely prevents JML from winning. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because um, they'd already the... lost the tiebreaker to... Yes. Brinkamp. Brinkamp. Uh, well, I enjoyed this. Uh, Rob, did you like it? Yeah, 
I mean, it, it, it didn't blow me away, but I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, um, there, there were shenanigans at the start. Yeah. yeah. I know you're not a fan of shenanigans. I, I'd rather there not be them, but uh, it, it was it was fine. You know, it, honestly, I don't remember a whole lot about the match other than a vague feeling of enjoyment. Uh, <laughs> and Tyler Bate doing the Fosbury flop. Yes, that was somewhat surprising. Um, he's not usually much of a high flyer, but uh, that was that was quite quite the quite the sight. Uh, plus, he also did the the airplane spin and giant swing at the same time, which has to count for something. It, I'm always amazed by just how you start doing that because I I feel like once you get the momentum up, it wouldn't be that bad. But like being able to initiate that must you have to be stupidly strong, which Tyler Bate obviously is. He's also stupidly fun. Uh, yes, yes. I I really enjoyed. Um, I I love mast uh, mustache mountain anyway, uh, but they really uh, solidified their spot on my uh, list of favourite tag teams by uh, performing the way they did in WXW and everywhere that they they turn up. I'm still a little bit disappointed that Progress split them up, but um, you know, there's, there's, they've got something going on there. So, uh, did you enjoy the uh, the Mountain of Mustaches, Sarah? Um, I did it. I think it was my first time seeing them together. I'd seen them separately before, but uh, Tyler wrestles over here and stuff, um, and I saw him in WXW before. But I think it was my first time seeing Trent Seven live. Is that his name? Um, yes, <laughs> Trent <Sorry>. Seven. He's <laughs> a lovely, he's a lovely gent. Yeah, no, it, they were fun. I liked his cartwheel that he did, and <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun to watch. I hope they get booked over here in in Ireland soon. The two of them together and stuff. Yeah, Tyler Bate works for has worked for OTT. Um, yeah. Has Trent been over yet or not? No, no. I'm, I'm sure he will. Yeah, it's a good act. Um... Yeah, I, th I thought they'd been together for longer than, like, it's only been a couple of years. I mean, Tyler's uh, only been wrestling for a couple of years. So. This, this, is, this is the, this is the thing. Because <laughs> I, I thought when uh, when people were saying he's only a teenager, I was like, no, nah, okay, what's, what's his real age? I thought he'd be like 21 or something, but he really is 19, which is ridiculous i can't remember who it was but some import um wrestled him I, I think he was from the states can't remember exactly who it was but i remember um them like going on twitter uh and like adding tyler bait saying someone told me you were a teenager and i don't believe them that that's a <laughs> lie right <laughs> and tyler just replies no i'm 18 because he was 18 at the time and <laughs> it was that's just I think that's everyone's reaction when someone tells them that he's only 19. Cause I think it's the moustache. It's the moustache and the, and the, the muscular development. The thighs, like, yeah. How were you that big that young? Yeah, if you shaved his moustache and he was wearing like baggy pants or something, you, would... you wouldn't take him for much older than 18, 19. But I think Mike Bailey looks really young too. I was surprised that he was in his mid-20s. I thought he was like Tyler's age. Bailey's still kind of got the puppy fat thing going for him. 
Yeah, it's less than it was. Less than it was. He's, right. he's been working on that. Yeah. Um, Especially after, when after... he's wearing his gi, he looks like his mum's just dropped him off at karate class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Poor Mike. Um, the oh, before the next match, they um, uh, WXW had an attempt at an actual wedding uh, with Melanie Gray. Um, on on her way to being uh, <laughs> married, and you can tell this is a wrestling thing. Uh, was oh. jumped on her way to the ring, on her way to the altar, if you will, there by was alpha no female. <laughs> if yeah, uh, I'm so disappointed with this. WXW <laughs> saved money. They knew it was a wrestling wedding. <laughs> There's no point even getting the altar. Everyone knows it's not going to play out. Self-aware. Yeah. Except, except me, who was really looking forward to the wedding. <laughs> yeah. I had asked, um, I told Kevin I was really excited for the wedding, and he was like, "Oh, um, yeah, I think you're the only one." <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, "Really?" <laughs> I was like, "Surely everyone's excited for the wedding." He's like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "Who's going to be the priest?" And he was like, "Oh, we don't know yet." <laughs> yes, like, we're not yeah. going to have a priest. <laughs> yeah, there was no. The, the bride is going to be beaten up before the ceremony. <laughs> Ah, uh, wrestling. Never change. <laughs> she had a nice dress, though. She did have a wedding dress. Um... <laughs> it's when me and Rob's opinions are like, uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was a dress. Not like <laughs> it was a dress. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she got attacked coming down to the ring. And it was all over pretty quickly. I do like Marius uh, van Beethoven. <laughs> I think he's quite funny. Um, is is he actually injured, or is this uh, one of these cowboy Bob Orton style uh, injuries where he's just going to pretend to be injured forever? I think he was injured, and now it's healed. He was going around the crutches all weekend. Um, I was moving out of his way when he was getting up the steps with his crutches, so he had <laughs> me. He had me worked all weekend. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, move out of the way because he's trying to hobble up the, the steel steps in his crutches. Um, but yeah, he showed at the end that he, he was no longer injured, I guess. A um, swine. Yeah, I, I, I find him really funny. I, I mean, I don't even know what he's saying, but just his tone and his <sighs> his facial reactions. And when when the alpha female won the, won the trophy and he was like, I am number one. And he had the... The trophy and he was up on his shoulder. I just, I think, I think it's really, really good. I think he's a great heel. I, he, he's my Marius of the weekend, not, not the other guy. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I've always liked Van Bato. His, his name alone, it is awesome. But you're right with his, uh, his facial expressions are tremendous. Yeah. Um, uh, moving swiftly on, we have uh the last. Um, match in the blocks uh, with defending champion Cerberus uh, going up against the leaders of the new school and basically whoever won this one was in the final uh, and look, well, unless it was a draw, another 30 minute draw and then the uh, the leaders would have made it um, this was okay but it kind of felt like they were um, uh, I don't know, maybe doing a sort of taking it easy, doing a few comedy spots to kind of uh, give the leaders a bit of a uh, time to recover because the main event was like in two matches time. Guess what? 
this was my favourite leaders match of the weekend. <laughs> You're unbelievable, Rob. <laughs> it, it felt like this was the one match where they weren't going for epic. And all the other matches, it felt to me like they were going for epic and I just never felt like it was epic. This one, it, it kind of, it knew what it was and it did it really well. Well, that's 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 just the read I got. It, I'm not saying it was some blow away match of the year level match, but I really I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought this was Nero's best performance of the weekend. I think he worked as a team with Dragonov way better than in either of the other two matches. Um, and Skull and Skull and Saber worked really well with Dragonov as well. Yeah, I just really enjoyed this one. Um, unsurprisingly, apparently, since you didn't. Uh, I, it was it was a good little match, but I just kind of felt like it was there to um, fill a space rather than achieve anything. Oh dear. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was somewhere in the middle of the tournament matches. It was, it was fun. I like the urgency that um, leaders were showing towards the end as well, like trying to put them away. Because I think it was getting up there in the time a little bit, like maybe like just past the twenty minute mark, and like uh, I guess actually that doesn't fit too well into the story because they do go through with a draw, but uh, they they were really like um, rapid firing off the offense towards the end to get the finish. I don't remember it being that long. I may just be misremembering, but uh, <laughs> it's a cage match. Uh, yeah, I was cage match. just typed the. Uh, just type that into the, the, the URL into the thing I'd be surprised if it's over 15 I'd say it's over 15 maybe not 20 but not long to me maybe um... it was untimed uncage match Brilliant. Um, okay, so we don't know. We will never know. We will never know. <laughs> There's no possible way we could check by going to the video itself. If it's, and... if it's not on Cage Match, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't. exist. <laughs> <laughs> the time didn't happen. Um, Strigo is busy watching it, so. <sighs> should take a stopwatch. I've seen people do that at shows. Yeah, um, Gadge does it. Uh, progress. He, he times things live. Um, so, uh, next match. Um, second from top. Uh, Damak against uh, Mike Bailey. Uh, Damak kind of needed a win, having lost his title. Uh, Bailey had won on night one, lost to Ewan Simmons on night two. Had a good weekend. Um uh, anything more to add? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need to rewatch that one. Um, yeah, it was it was fine. It was all right. Um, Post match, we had the uh, ring camp coming out there. Um, oh, uh, I just realised. Sorry, I I didn't realise. I was so confused there. I w I was on mute. <laughs> and didn't realize <laughs> I was talking away, and then I'm just goes. Oh. 
okay then. And I'm like, oh, cutting cut me off a little. Um, no, I, I, I waited for ages and nothing happened. Sorry so. about that. Um, yeah, it was, it was fine. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to it. I like the finish. Um, yes, very good finish. Top, top rope cutter or something. Caught him out of midair, I think. Yeah, he was trying. He was going for like the flipping double knees. Uh, Bailey was, um, and he got caught with the cutter. Uh, is it called Mac Magic? I think so. I think Up, upside down Mac Magic crack smash, as Alan calls it. It's <laughs> a full title. King of commentary. <laughs> is is it his full title or is it the actual full title? I I'm not sure, but that's what he calls it every single time. Sometimes they become the same thing. Like Young Boy this Killer has now become a thing. You should be quite proud of that, because that's a great name. <laughs> but he did ask first. He said, like, does it have an official name? Because if not, I'm calling it the Young Boy Killer, and nobody <laughs> answered, so it was like, okay. So that's twice we put Alan over, just to, if we're keeping score. Let's keep score here. He's not here at the moment. He's gone out. But... Um. So, yeah, uh, post-match... Um, we had uh, uh, Ring Camp come out there. Axel Dieter Jr. Um, getting some uh, some serious heat. Uh, so they, they beat up uh, Demac and Bailey until uh, some baby faces came out, um, including the rotation and his <laughs> terrible haircut. And <laughs> leave Axel alone. <laughs> leave Ax Axel three. Axel three. Like Missy Hyatt said during the week. Did you see that? I didn't. On Twitter, she asked. I think she confused all three of the axles in WXW. <laughs> she tweeted to say, is is the ginger guy insanity Axel Dieter Jr. from WXW? Meaning Axel yeah. Tischer, who's not uh, ginger. But I guess rotation is ginger. And I don't know. Wow. It's a big, big axle mess. I mean, it, it, it's it's almost, she was almost close. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to give her something for, like, realising that... But, um... Yeah. This just leaves the uh, the final match of the... Um, of the night and the weekend and the tournament with uh, JML, Shane Strickland and David Starr up against the leaders of the new school, Zack Sabre Jr. and Marty Skirl. Um, are, are those deserving uh, of, of the final? Both teams, uh, you know, left a little in the tank in their, their matches earlier in the night and um, uh, delivered a really strong main event. Mm. I was particularly fond of the uh, uh, the leader's storyline kind of coming uh, full circle where Sabre um, finally uh, turned to the dark side and uh, she, I can't remember who you hit with the belt. Was it Star? I can't Maybe. remember. He it was either yeah, Star it, or Strickland. I think it was, it was one much. of them. It was one of them. I think yeah, it was Star. Yeah. Hit, hit him with the... Uh, uh, belt. Yes, it was. No, it was, no, it was belt. the belt. The title belt. <laughs> it, it, I, was, I stopped because I, was, I couldn't remember what he hit him with. It was uh, It was one of the, uh, the belts. Um. It's a total dick move, but um, yeah. after stopping Skull from cheating lost. as well, it's like, come on. It was specifically to do it himself, but I, I loved that that whole thing coming to a conclusion because of the way that it, it gets to the end of the match and it's over, 
and Saber just kind of walked away in disgust because he knew, like, he basically sold his soul and he got nothing. And that, that was the, the, the storyline of the whole thing. It's like he'd, he'd finally succumbed to the uh, the darker arts and it got him nowhere. I hope he's not going to join Ringkampf. I... Oh, he might do. He might do. That's what I was thinking afterwards, but... If Thatcher's gone back to the US, I don't think... I don't know. Would you kind of have to have Marty Skull as one of your baby faces then? Yeah. That'd be weird. I guess so. It would be weird. But they need somebody strong like a Marty or a Zack to go with the Mac and A4 and ro Rotation and whoever else is going to be. Especially if Babbones as well. He's not going to be with the baby faces because he's going to be away. Or maybe he's going to be back. Yes, TNA don't run that many dates, so we could probably okay. fairly comfortably <laughs> okay. work. I think they they run all their dates that they're going to for the rest of the year now. So, oh okay. Well, well Mark Andrews is is a TNA contracted talent, and he's on virtually every progress show. <laughs> progress run probably more frequently than TNA at the moment. I'm a bit out of loop with the TNA and how they run stuff, but yeah. I think they. I guess Babones could be with them. I think they recorded. All the way, um, so like a weekly television show from now to the end of the year, all in a week last week, and also a few um, on-demand pay-per-views that no one buys. Um, so yeah, they they tape all at once because cost. It's cheaper, yeah. And this is a company that does not have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And even less now that um, they're getting done for tax problems, allegedly. I should probably add. So some of the like weird wrinkle will have happened in this story by the, the time this drops. Probably. That's just that's just the, the way TNA is at the moment. So, um so Ed, anything else to add on the, the final match? Um it was alright. Didn't do a whole lot for me. Um unsurprisingly, given you <laughs> liked it. Hell, um it, nah, it, it was good. It was good. Um I was maybe expecting a little more since it was the final. I was ex but um, again, just didn't quite click. Um, Do you think the right team won the whole tournament and the final? Um, Who are you thinking? In a similar way to the way the all of A4's matches felt like they were designed to get um, to get Alani over um, the tournament. If if their aim was to to present JML as a you know, a, a really big team, uh, an important team for them, then I think they nailed that. Because going in, they were, I think they were liked, they were getting good reactions from the crowd to start with, but by the end of the, the tournament, they were they were really over. Um, despite their horrible pre-match promos that, that aired, um, <laughs> obviously the live crowd isn't seeing them, I imagine. Um, no, they're not. Their, their entrance is actually really good live. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's just the way they walk out and kind of crisscross and walk down. It just it just looks really cool. Um, so so yeah, I think it 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 definitely did a job here, and like the two guys are you know two of the the few Americans at the moment who are very talented who also don't particularly seem to be tied down anywhere. Obviously, um, yeah. Strickland's got Lucha Underground, but I don't think they're taping again anytime soon. Well, they they tape in uh, the same way that TNA yeah, do, don't they? They tape in. Um, 
Um, Blocks. So they're, they, these are two guys who now feel like fairly big stars in WXW who can then be on these tour, tour shows for them. Um, so I think this team fits w, WXW's current needs perfectly. So in that, the tournament um, did a good job. Yeah, no, I agree. I had them uh, picked as the winners. I wanted Rinkamp to win because they're my favourite, but I thought the JML would would win it outright. And I think the, yeah, I think they did a really good job of it. They did a good job in that while Rinkamp didn't win, they came out of this tournament still feeling like a big deal. Um, yeah, this is like the biggest deal, kind of. And in the company at the moment. Well, like if you'd have switched it around, maybe. I don't think you'd have got as much out of it because yes, it would have made Ring Camp look even stronger, um, but JML would have kind of just felt like just another team. Um, where the way they've done it here, they've they've kind of got two big, big featured things coming out of this. Um, I think JML are having a TLC match with A4 um, at the next big show, which is something I'm very much looking forward to watching. Uh, what is the next big show? Uh, oh, names. Broken are rules. There we are. I had back to back to the roots in my head, but I knew that was earlier this year. They've got a crazy schedule for the next couple of months. Um, you might have seen Alan tweeted out the the kind of flag banner that they had with all the dates. Yeah, for like halfway they're through twenty seventeen. Like yeah. Yeah, they're touring like crazy. They've got shows every weekend. And they're coming over to England. Yes, for a, a like a pre-progress show, isn't it? Yeah, it's in January, January the twenty-eighth. I want to say. I might end up going to that. Um, I'll have to see how our exams pan out, but um, if if I can, the the opportunity to go and see WXW and Progress in the same weekend sounds pretty appealing. Yep, that's our plan. Um, don't know about progress tickets. How difficult are they to get these days? Uh, they, they're a bit better than they used to be. It used to be impossible. Um, now it's it's merely a case of as long as you're online on the right day, you should be fine. Okay. Which so is a lot easier. A lot of those season passes. So I was wondering like, how many general sales would actually go on sales. I, th- I, th- I, worry. I don't know how many season tickets there are. They they said that half of each section go on sale for season passes. Um, I'm not sure if they they sold out of season passes. I don't think they have yet. They I don't, may I don't end up think so. Out. Um, but that would be half the... Um, so the, the ballroom's the like 700, so you're looking at... Yeah, 350. 350 tickets. But now that they're running a bit more frequently and also running in you know, different cities around the country, the, the demand has seemed to, to go down a little bit. So it you know, instead of selling out in five, ten minutes, it's now selling out in, you know, a day and a half, which is obviously a complete a complete disaster for the company selling out <laughs> their shows. There um, are occasionally shows where you can get tickets quite late in, into the uh, the release which um like a year ago that wasn't the case and it's not because uh, there's a decreased demand for the, for the product it's just because there's more shows more shows mean there's there's more choice more people can get to them so yeah. which I, i've benefited from because i've actually had the chance to go and see progress like uh, in in the ballroom which um kind of 
a year ago that I just wouldn't have had the chance. It will be my first time in the ballroom. Alan's been there a few times, but I've never gone over the, the big show there. Last month was my first time at Progress, and I really enjoyed it. But I guess it was a different type of experience in the... Yeah, the ballroom's a great venue. Do we have any more overall thoughts on the, the weekend? Oh, yes, something I wanted to bring up. Um, it was a little bit of a complaint for WXW was the way how the, the entrances always felt a bit awkward uh, on VOD um, yes. for the, the 16 carat this year. Uh, in that, like, they're, they're very careful not to, to break any copyrights. You know, fair play to them. Um, but you have these this generic overdubbed music with no crowd sound, and you just saw the guys walking out, and it, it, it always felt a bit awkward. Um, for the 16 carat this year, uh, sorry, um, for, for the World Tag Team League here, they, um, they had like a split screen kind of kind of thing going on in a similar way to like a, a WWE does does their replays for matches um, in matches uh, and they had like pre-match promos going on um, to like take your attention off the the entrance while having the entrance in the background um, and I really I really like that they they've kind of taken taken a problem and basically completely fixed it um, a couple, a couple of those teams really got a hold of those promos as well. Yeah, uh, leaders, leaders really and Mustache Jack Evans Mountain. and Angelico, Mustache yes, Mountain. Jack Evans like going for freestyle raps. Really to, good. To start every uh, every match off. That was that was excellent. That was very Jack Evans. Uh, and then there were some who didn't. Thatcher and uh, Volta, I think, I, pretty much just said the same thing. I like, I like Thatcher and Volta because <laughs> it was perfect for their gimmick. Like the only thing uh, Thatcher said every time was, uh, "I think it was good and target bin Timothy Thatcher," and that's all he said <laughs> in all three of them. But that just, that's just perfect for the ring camp gimmick. Um, JML had me cringing every time, but uh, they they almost had like. Bullet Club trying to be really cool vibes going, which I'm sure, you know, Bullet Club sell a stupid amount of shirts. I'm sure some people loved it, but for me, I was just cringing. And that was their biggest negative of the whole weekend because they obviously had a very good weekend and uh, won the whole thing uh, with some great matches. Uh, so, yeah, props to WXW for, for nailing that. Maybe not even issue, but slight slight detriment to their shows previously now it's a complete non-issue if anything it adds to them because you're getting you're getting the promos um you've got to come over to Oberhausen and see the entrances live you know the the, the draw sure. that's the draw <laughs> the entrances i i can tell you they're really really yeah. good live the entrance apart from like... apart from june simmons <laughs> which is <laughs> agony <laughs> like the whole setup in Oberhausen looks looks wonderful right I think it really is. There's only about 400 people there, right? Um, the Saturday night is always the busiest, and the Friday is always the quietest because I guess people are working. Um, but yeah, I'd say 400 is probably about the average. I'd say there was five, five fifty maybe even on the Saturday night. Right, but the, the way they have it all set up, it just looks so professional and so much like a big yeah. deal that like it it looks so much better than your average like. Even say the Friday one was drawing three hundred. It looks so much more 
so much more of a big deal than your regular 300 drawing indie. Um, they just use the space really well. Yeah, they do. Uh, just a great operation, yeah. though, XW. Yeah. They've got a great team that sets up all the lights and the, the sound and everything. And no, it, it's really good. And the whole setup up there, they have like three different merch stands, two bars. It's like. It it really feels like you're kind of walking into like a wrestling festival with all with all the extra stuff going on as well with the Q and A and all, all that kind of stuff. It it's not really like just walking into a standard indie show, if you know what I mean. There is kind of more going on there. Um, do we have anything else we'd like to add before we wrap up then? Uh, no, no, I'm good. Perhaps no. Um, yeah, so you can you can. Watch all of World Tag Team League and a bunch more of WXW um, at WXW Now. Um, they're relatively new subscription service at this point. Um, I That's how I watch it. They've got it all up on both English and German now. Um, I had no problem with the, the streaming whatsoever. Great service. Um, and it's pretty cheap too, I think. I can't remember what a month costs, but it's... 9.99 euros a month. Right, which post Brexit is a million pounds. Oh, but fuck Brexit! But for everybody else, that's very reasonable. Are we nearly evens now? Or it's uh, no, we're evens? we're worse off now. I think you're worse off now. Okay. Uh, it it feels it feels that like that anyway. Uh, Euro versus pound, gripping wrestling audio. <laughs> uh, Zero point nine pounds. Uh, 90p gets you a euro now. Wow. I need to buy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those progress tickets will be <laughs> cheap, and they? It may not be the same by the time it comes. Oh, yeah, it'll probably be lower. <laughs> Currency's in the toilet. <laughs> Sadness. Um, uh, so, yes, WSW now to, you know, watch and make your own decision over whether the matches are good because uh, from this this uh, podcast you may not have got the best sense because we seem to disagree on 90% of the matches um, well that's what makes it entertaining <laughs> yeah well it's, it's not even forced though we just don't agree it's <laughs> this is true um, I guess plugs yeah uh, Arn, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, no, I'm good. Sarah? Nope. Not even the Twitter? Oh, you can follow me at, at Scanili. That's S-C-A-N capital E-L-E-E -E -E on Twitter. And that's it. Um, what about you, Rob? What are you plugging? And of course you can read um, Sarah's OTT reviews when, when they drop <laughs> on VoicesWrestling.com Um... As well as all your other wrestling review needs, aside from when you're also probably going to be wanting to visit Full One Mania Wrestling to read arms. There you go, plugs for you. Um, <laughs> whether you like them or not. Um, also, if you happen to be using Amazon, SeatGeek, or WWE Shop, we would really appreciate it if you went through voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon or slash SeatGeek or slash WWE Shop. Doesn't cost you a penny extra, but just gives us a little kickback. Helps us keep um, keep up providing content um, with running of the site costs. 
um yeah that thanks for coming on sarah it's been a been a pleasure oh thanks guys for having me on um collecting the the coonhams now yeah. um <laughs> we, we'll have to get your is it your, your nephew I... on Oh yeah, you can get him on. We'll, we'll um, get him on for for some Rev Pro show in the upcoming. Yeah, I'll bring him to Rev Pro again next year and WWE the house show and stuff. So I'll get him on after that. Um, so Alan wants to interview him for his show, but I told him he has to stay with the Voices of Wrestling. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I guess. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Good evening. Bye. <laughs>